You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hi guys, welcome to session eight. I am sure this is a session that many people have been a bit curious about. Um, If you kind of watched or followed what was unfolding with Angie in real time or watched our initial live stream, I imagine there is some curiosity around this and I just really want to name what we do on literally and what we did here is try to be as truthful and transparent about what the coaching conversation is. So you might hear some stuff and be like, wait, what, what are the details on that? I want to know the background. I want to know the context. And, and that is not the point of this particular podcast or episode. So it's not like you can't find that out in other avenues if that feels truly, truly important to you. But what I really, really want to say here and what I think is so important about this session is listening for the context of just supporting someone through this, how Angie is experiencing this, how we're moving through this in coaching. That is really the meat and potatoes of this session. That's what I want to keep it focused on. And that's what feels really, really important here. So I hope that is a really, really helpful takeaway. And I think it will be really beautiful and healing to listen to Angie process through this session. All right. You had quite the, quite the week. I have had quite the half week. In fact, that's so (laughs) true. started on Friday. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like welcome to Wednesday. crazy it is how you feeling let's check in like health stuff first like I feel like that's still an ongoing thing I'm feeling good I'm feeling continuing to feel better (gasps) I got on my peloton today oh my gosh and then I scrolled through when I last went on it I was like okay you're like that's when my iron started to dip (laughs) yeah Uh, so that was just great because it's really nice weather here but I've been you know, when you have that kind of, oh, I could go for another really long walk, but I could also do the thing that I was doing before I started to feel terrible. Yeah. And that was, I really was on my peloton a lot. So that felt good. Not going to set oh, myself to, that. you know, my partner's like, okay, just go steady. Don't be you yes. know, going, right, that's it. Now I'm going on there seven times, seven times a day, seven days a week. So that was good. Oh, I'm so glad. It probably just feels like really liberating to like be back to some of those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was really, really good. And other than that, the energy is really good. The iron levels continue to be getting better, sort of slowed down a bit. They're like continuously testing you and stuff, obviously. Yeah. 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 So all is well in that regard. So... The flip side of the energy levels improving as, of course, I take on more stuff than than I need to. This week is quite a busy week after having, you know, having had the no more than two things a day. I've just, because we're now doing the onboard, you know, I've been trying to get this onboarding started, not even the onboarding properly, but just to meet all of the associates. And because there were 10 of them, and I didn't want to schedule them over two-week period or three-week period. I really, really wanted to kind of have some momentum and meet them all. I've just given myself a bit of a busy week. But I'm like, the payoff is next week. It's karma. So. I mean, I think the thing here is like not to get so rigid where it's like, <laughs> I could never have a busy week. And like, right, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, we want that to be the exception, not the rule. So I think that's what we have to pay attention yeah. to here. Does your brain keep finding reasons to book out your week? Or is this just the exception? And it just makes sense to start them all. And I think that's okay too. Like I feel like when it gets rigid is actually when it feels worse. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And it really does feel like the exception. I named this an Angie and I have conversation, but really, really want to name this here again, which is that like when we're kind of setting up Angie's calendar to say like no more than two things a day. That also doesn't mean it has to be so rigid, right? I think anytime there's like a ton of rigidity, like especially as us like entrepreneurs who crave freedom, (laughs) right? We'll push against that a bit. But that's not the point. It's not to be like, 
no matter what, only two call, like, right? It's not to have all these hard and fast rules, but it's to look at what's the rule versus the exception, right? What was the norm or the rule for Angie before is having way, way, way too booked of a calendar. And so that's what we're trying to get away from. It doesn't mean you'll never have a full calendar. You'll never have a sprint week or things like that, right? Business is evolving and growing and changing, and there are different seasons and times for different things. But it's really about what's the norm versus the exception. If the exception is a busier week of calls, but the norm is typically, you know, two per day, that's sustainable, right? Like that's something Angie can roll with. If that balance starts to flip, that's obviously when the problems come in. So I really just want to name that because I think that sometimes when we like coach around something or when we decide on something, it can feel like, oh, now it's just supposed to be like that period. And that is totally not the case here. In fact, what we're really trying to do is make sure we're able to kind of like adjust and evolve with her business while still honoring her and her needs. And I feel like this is a beautiful intersection of that. So that's great. And it, and it also feels like I'm really looking forward to the tail end of this week. On Friday, it starts to get calmer. And then I'm, I'm already looking forward to next week. And the thing is, is that it looked a bit hideous on the calendar, but just meeting the people was so nice. They were just great. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you're going to, you know, like all the talk of onboarding, of, of hiring is one thing. And then you read the applications. But then when you meet people, it's also this sort of, I just had this this shift and it used to happen when I worked in school as well. And I was, you know, when I was hiring, you think, oh, I'm doing something for you. You might get a job in my school. You know, wouldn't it be nice for you to have a promotion? All of those things. And then as soon as they start talking, you realize, oh, you're doing something for us. Yes. You're going to give us so much. You're going to bring so much. You're going to have so many ideas and it's going to be great. So I just had that shift this week in meeting them of like, oh, you're going to be brilliant and I don't have to do all of the thinking about this particular area that you're really skillful at. That was really nice. That is so cool. I feel like um, that's almost like the juice you needed here kind of thing, yeah. right? It's yeah. for it to feel like, oh, wait, like this is for me. Yeah. This isn't like an extra <laughs> yeah. layer of like shit I have to deal with, but this is literally for me. Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. And also like, I think very indicative of like picking the right people that that's what like, mm. the call experience was mm. like. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's been really reassuring and um, they're just so lovely. And slowing down to do this whole process has been really helpful because already I'm having conversations with people and I'm like, I'm not going to get to sending out a contract until August and I'm, what is it? The first week of June. So I just feel like I've got, I've got all of this time luxurious yes. amounts of time to do things and 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 this process at least hasn't felt like oh my goodness I need to hire somebody next week and then I need to yes. like oh what kind of contract do we need and oh my god we need to onboard it feels like yes. oh there's a really long lead-in and then just in terms of managing expectations and you know remembering that the best case scenario is that people are up and running in the first term of the new school year but the worst case scenario is that I have to deliver some sessions so Either way, it's it's all fine. <laughs> it's also cool because you're feeling better. So that takes yeah. the charge off. You're not like, oh my God, worst case is I have to do it and I can't. It's like, okay, like not ideal, but totally would and it would be yeah. feasible. Yeah. So that's that was just a nice experience. And um and and it was also the nice to kind of know that I've put an infrastructure in place, you know, all of the back end stuff I've been doing has been to make it easier for me to deliver. And so now introducing them to it, they're all like, wow, this is all the, okay, so I don't have to do any planning. Oh, right, it's all there. Oh, okay, so I just, and suddenly realizing that all those processes that I've put in place for myself are actually not necessarily the experience that they've all had going into kind of freelance roles. So that was just really reassuring. It's like all of the effort somewhere along the line you just don't know where it's going to suddenly reveal yes. itself to pay off and it's like oh it's there I can literally show you every single slide deck every single resource how they were like I don't have to send out zoom links this is amazing I know people I think it's so true to say that like you never know when it's gonna like land where you're like that work was worth it but to mm. like have that moment and like really take that in I think is super cool because 
what you're talking about is also the stuff we resist, like creating the processes and the yeah. systems. And it's like, that can be the easiest thing to resist, yeah. but to just like have that like drop in moment of like, this is why I do that is like, just, yeah. Those shoulders just oh like God. relax, right? And I'm so accustomed to sort of rush scrabbling around for stuff. And kind of going, oh, hang on. If I show you this document, that probably explains it a bit. Oh, oh no, hang on. I need to open this. Oh, let me find this thing. And I just realized yesterday I was on a call and I was like, oh, I'll just give you the link. You can go and have a look yourself. Yes. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. freeing. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. So good. It feels like, I feel like this is quite an interesting um I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but like, like crescendo moment in your business or, mm. or something, right? Where like you're feeling better, like physically, mm. right? You're seeing the people that you've onboarded actually start to give you that feeling of like relief yeah. and of having something off your plate. You have the associates, you have the OBM, mm. and you like took this like massive stand for yourself this week mm. too. It just feels like it all is like mm. kind of like at, congealing at once, but in a yeah. good way, right? Yeah. It's really crazy actually that kind of how things come together in these moments. And I was thinking how this sort of theme at the moment is money going out. <laughs> and, you know, it, it doesn't, I don't feel bad about it. It feels okay, but it's, it's like I'm having follow-up meetings around things that just some bits of, of some of the processes like around workflows and stuff that still need tweaking and still need improving but it's it's like a really different phase to oh my god I don't have a process at all and I think what I've underestimated is how much go how much is in between I don't have anything at all and now I'm in a position to tweak things yes I mean, it's just, there's just so much has happened. Quite a long runway. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> huge. And, and while you're in it, it's like, is anything ever going to change? And so there's this moment that, that seems to be happening just across lots of different things. So it's just sort of happened with the book. And it, I know I keep going on about this website, but oh my God, <laughs> it's happened with the website and it's happened with the, it's happened with the workflows and it's happened with the associates. It's just loads of design work suddenly came in last week that I'd put out there and it all came back and it was like oh yeah it's all looking great and in my head I've been reaching towards this sense of cohesion that there's lots of things that hang together but they've all been held by different people and so suddenly all of those things are starting to come together and it's like it really does work it's that all of those pieces make some kind of like really do make sense I really, really loved here how Angie mentioned like underestimating the work of really bringing things to fruition. I think that is so relevant in our space. You know, I think that there's always such a conversation about how much money you can make, how quickly. And we kind of forget that there is deliverables behind that. There is structure behind that. There is, you know, so many kind of like cogs, you know, in the machine behind that. And so what can happen if we if we try to work through that too fast is we don't actually put out a really great product. Like Angie always talks about excellence is so important to her, right? And so it is gonna take some time to bring things to fruition. And rightfully so, you know, if we wanna create an absolutely amazing product, charge people for it, all of those things. And I feel like noting that and, and normalizing that in our space feels really important. Like this is, bringing your work into the world this is creating a business from scratch and it is going to take time and energy and effort to do all of that and then certainly once you've done that things get easier right but what happens so often is we're new in business and we're looking at someone who's saying it's so easy and it is for them because they have whatever six years of bringing work to fruition under their belt like i, I identify with that so much in my business now you know i just have like an absolute treasure trove of like content and things that can be repurposed and used and all of these things. And so there's so much ease in how I operate and do things. And I never feel like time constrained or pressure around like must get this thing out. And there was absolutely a time in my business where I did have to put in the work to bring all of this to life. And there was some time pressure around like this needs to be created by X time. So it's really helpful to just say that it can get easier and it does get easier. And 
the work of truly bringing your work into the world, building a business from the ground up, setting up these processes, getting ready to scale is, is immense. And anyone who tells you otherwise is not really giving you the full picture, right? So just really helpful to normalize that and not make it wrong and say, of course this takes time. Like the magnitude of what I am bringing to the world and what I'm creating in my business is, is vast. And so giving myself permission for that to take time versus you know, underestimating it and thinking that I should be done in 2.5 months or something like that feels really important here. I was just reflecting on how, because it's getting warmer, I was thinking, oh, this time last year I'd sort of moved because I have an office and then I work from home, basically, like cosy times. And then I also sometimes work in, we've got this massive barn. And in the summer I worked in the barn and I was revising all of my slide decks from the previous year. And I was just thinking, God, I'm like another year on. And now I'm at the stage where everything is being revised for other people to deliver on my behalf. And it's just like, I don't know. I can't, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels like I'm doing the sort of nice tinkering bits now <laughs> instead yes. of like the deep, endless drudgery of creating everything. Well, I mean, also I think like, you know, it feels like forever when you're in it, but to have that reflection of like one year ago, I was building this to now I'm like delegating this, like that is a short timeline for all intents and purposes, right? It just feels like forever. But I think it's really cool to take that in of like, this is how much can shift in a business in a year. This is how much like Mm. I can create in a year. It's just hard when you're in it, you know, when you're in like June of last year to see that it's hard, right? Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it takes fucking time. Like no matter what any online marketing says, (laughs) on and on and on, like it just does take time. Yeah, it really, and I'm so in awe of people's work. Now I'm like, look, you know, when I look at people, some of the coaches that are out there who, who's, you know, who I follow. And I think, oh my God, the work that it takes to get those, all of those programs and all of those resources and all of those portals and all of those systems, it's just massive. And I don't, it's like totally underestimated, (laughs) you know, to do it well. So yes. Well, that's, that's, (laughs) yeah, the kicker. That's the linchpin to do it (laughs) well. But yes, I agree with you. And I, I think that the, like we've been having this conversation it's come up a couple of times about I think we had the conversation about me doing speaking gigs and yeah like having a a form of words that I say to people about my expectations before I get to them so that I don't end up being (laughs) shuffled off the stage because some white man needs to go on and on about some boring data and we were like yeah this felt like there's a kind of you need to step like standing for yourself Thing. And I didn't do yes. that. For, I haven't done that form of words yet, which is quite funny. And then we had another conversation about, I think it was about the partnership or like partnership. The, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, exactly. whatever you want to call that. But yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. What yeah. would it look like for me to be the person saying, this is what I'm going to need? I haven't done yes. that yet either. But then in my personal life, I've been what I've been dealing with something with my, you know, with my son and uh, this co-parenting thing where I really have had to take a stand on something. And I've been resisting that for, for like, you know, years probably. <laughs> like really just been like, oh, do I really want to like take it that far? Because I always have this feeling of, do you have to be so extra? Do you really have to take it that far? Do you have to? And this is really about kind of drawing a line in the sand about some of the things and just formalizing arrangements that we have in, in our sort of parenting relationship. And, you know, I finally kind of did it a few months ago in my worst, at my worst ebb in terms of energy. But a similar thing kicks in where it's like, enough is enough. <laughs> this needs to be sorted. And and this situation that's happened with the, the whole coaching debacle this week was just a really, it was a really striking moment that was a bit like that because I was in, I was traveling, no, I was in Copenhagen at the weekend. I was in Copenhagen on Friday. And um, when I woke up on Friday morning, I was doing a photo shoot. I hate doing photo shoots. I was doing a photo shoot in Copenhagen. And, and I had like, actually had this really nice day with this lovely woman. But I woke up in the morning and I think I read that the post that, that had been put up about, about haters. And I responded to it thinking, as I was typing, I was thinking, I don't want to be a complainer. I don't want to be so mm. extra. I don't want to take it too far. As, you know, as is the normal mechanism. And it wasn't until the post was deleted 
that I really started to feel like you have to stand for yourself, Angie, because this is just not, it's like the feeling I have is, why does everyone keep trying to shut me up? Yeah. <laughs> why are you trying to bundle me off the stage? Why are you trying to like yes. take my stuff? Why do it? So, so it almost was a reaction to all of the things I also haven't said as well in other spaces. And I think it's been a really good week for me in terms of, you know, because both both in my personal life and this thing have been, I've, I've had to really kind of stick with it and and not be in a place where I'm losing my rag over everything, but just being like, okay, no, not doing, not doing that. Well, it's almost like, it's so interesting because I just hear so much of that push-pull in what you're saying. And I think that's exactly what you're naming where it's like, I'm not wanting to like be extra, like whatever that mm. means and gets labeled as, right? But then also like, I don't want to be shut up. I don't yeah. want to feel like I need to like be quiet, conform, do it your way, all of yeah. that kind of thing. And so it's like that constant, like too much, not enough, mm. like dynamic that you're pulled between, right? But I think that then when something happens, like I imagine it did in your personal life or I know it did with that post, that's when you almost like come out of that like self-gaslighting of like, mm. no, don't be extra. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 wait, I wasn't. Or you wouldn't have deleted that post. Yeah. Like now yeah. it's obvious, right? Yeah. And and actually the standards that that I have, like the or the expectation that I have of treatment is quite low. Like in all of these cases, it's it's so interesting that I think oh, now you've gone really too far. And then the rest of the world, you know, in the, in the case of my personal life, I can always think, oh, you've gone too far, you know, to kind of calm down. And my friends will be like, what are you talking about? Why didn't you do this years ago? This is ridiculous. Yeah. You need to sort this out. So my my bar is quite low and I feel yes. like I have a tolerance for quite a lot of stuff. So I will just keep on sucking it up. And part of that is is being... I think holding the identities that I have, I yes. think I've navigated all sorts of situations um, from being a child. But, you know, we moved to rural Devon in the southwest of England. So we moved out of London, multicultural London, to completely white rural life. And that's that was my schooling. So I was the only black child at my school, mm. all of those sorts of things. So you become really good at just being good in every single situation, being liked, being quiet, being amenable, being all of that sort of stuff. It's like literally what your safety and belonging gets based on. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep it, keep everything nice for everybody. And I think it makes it, it makes it very easy for me to adapt. So there's a, there's definitely a, a flip side to it, which is, which is really, really positive, but it means that my tolerance is often just way, way, way too high for things. And, you know, and I think that has, again, it has its benefits, but it's the same thing with the iron levels. It's like, why is your tolerance so high? You shouldn't be doing anything now. You should be resting. You should feel like there is a, there should be something in you that says you can't actually get out of bed. So you, you shouldn't be delivering sessions, but my tolerance, it's like, something's gone wrong with the tolerance It's almost like you missed a red flag. It's like there's like a flag and another flag and another flag, which I think is very much the coaching situation. There's a flag and another flag and another flag. And you're like, "Mm, it's fine. It's until you hit that like enough is enough kind of like point, right? And I think that like maybe the work and the the win here for you is like seeing those earlier, identifying them earlier, like with the things you were talking about of like having not kind of written down the like speaking agreements or partnership Mm. agreement things. It's like, you have enough of a red flag there to be like, this doesn't feel great to me. And so it's like, how how can it get attention earlier without it having to get to like crucial, like you should be on the floor kind of levels, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Angie was kind of talking about her enough is enough moments here. And I just want to say how powerful I think enough is enough really is and what an incredibly empowering moment that is I think that it can be so easy to kind of see that as like oh you're just like in anger you're just in frustration or whatever and and sometimes anger and frustration actually propel us into doing the thing that we need to do for ourselves and so that's not bad you know I think as women we're so often kind of taught that anger is not a good look for us. It's not a place to play in, right? Frustration, that kind of thing. I think, again, especially personal development world, right? 
But when we can kind of have that moment where we get frustrated enough or upset enough or angry enough on our own behalf to go, nope, this is my line in the sand, that is just a wildly powerful place sometimes. And so if you have had that moment, if you are in this moment, I, I really want to encourage you not to go right into self-blame. Like, oh, I shouldn't be so angry about this, but to be like, what is this teaching me? What is this calling me into? And what actions can I take on my own behalf from here? Because when you really like use the energy of that feeling and moment, like really big shifts can occur. Now, this does not mean every time you get angry, like it's scorched earth at all, but it does mean like our feelings are there to guide us and to teach us. Then there's the shock of, you know, this thing with the coaching is just hundreds of people who are in the same situation who then I think, oh, our collective tolerance is really high because basically all of these messages that are coming into my inbox are saying, thank you so much for speaking up. I thought it was just me and I didn't want to say anything. And now that you've said it, I recognize this has happened. People were actually messaging me, Lacey, at the weekend and they were saying, this whole thing has just been so healing for me to hear you talk about it has been so healing. And it's just like, that's so worrying that we're all in this agreed state of better not say anything with really high tolerance levels to being treated really badly. It's so interesting because I was actually going to share this with you too, but one of my clients came to me who had an experience of an investment they made before we worked together. And she said that she watched your live stream and had like the most like visceral, like Mm. reaction. And it almost like made her go, wait, like, that was not okay. And I never even realized how impacted I am by this. But when I watched that video, my whole body had this like massive reaction to it. Yeah, And I think that that's what's scary and concerning. And like what you're kind of speaking to here, which is like, we're so programmed to like keep it quiet. Mm. And I think especially in the personal development space, Mm. we're so so programmed to think everything is ours. Yeah. Right? It's almost yeah. like the first time we talked about this on the podcast and you were kind of like, well, you know, maybe I should have this, this. And I was yeah. like, or you could just be mad because <laughs> like that yeah. sounds like something to be mad about, right? Yeah. Like, And I think that like for, for us in the personal development industry, the conditioning is so prevalent in terms of like self-responsibility and it's always yours. And I think that like that's true and it gets weaponized. You know what I mean? Something that I feel like I've been mentioning a lot lately that I feel like is really important to talk about here is how much the industry as a whole, I think, kind of weaponizes self-responsibility. And it's so interesting because I think personal responsibility, personal empowerment, all of that I think is just like was such an important concept. And I, I believe in that so deeply. And I know Angie does too. She talks about sovereignty so often, right? And we are not singular beings, right? Like our interactions with each other are what like make and create our worlds and environments. And I think that what happens in our industry sometimes is that because we are believers in personal empowerment and sovereignty and self-responsibility and all of that, it can become too much the default for every single thing where it's like, if anything happens to you that makes you not feel good in any way, shape or form, it is only and always yours. And I think that that can be so damaging and confusing because then when, you know, situations happen that absolutely do not serve us and require a boundary and require speaking on our own behalf and advocating and all of those things, we can really, really quickly go, oh, but that wouldn't be self-responsible and make ourselves wrong and kind of step out of being a self-advocate. And for me, self-responsibility is also being willing to advocate for myself, is also being willing to say, hey, this is not okay. And so I really think we have to just start noticing that and tying those together in different ways. Like self-responsibility does not mean anyone can do anything to me and get away with it, right? It does not mean I will never take a stand for myself. That's the exact opposite, right? So I really want to name that because I think it's too easy to fall into that trap in the online space and the personal development space. And, you know, just having that wake up call of like, oh, wait, sometimes being empowered, sometimes being sovereign actually equals really being willing to advocate on my own behalf. And I think that is so crucial and important as business owners, as human, as women. I mean, I could go on and on about this forever, but really wanted to make this point. 
it's quite humbling to just look at how yeah how many and and, and also every single person that has contacted me is a woman i haven't heard from yeah, a single man so all women all women running businesses and you know coaches and all of that all all just kind of turning on their heel walking in another direction and going i'm just gonna just get on with now sorting my business out and i feel really ashamed and i feel really embarrassed and i shouldn't have done that but i'm just gonna kind of button it and just focus on other things i just find it's just uh i'm really outraged on behalf of everybody i'm really heartbroken for i'm kind of heartbroken for myself in the sense that Yes. And not so much this, like this particular investment and that loss. I'm kind of over that bit of it. But I guess the sort of collective agreement bit of it, where we all just take things and suck it up, even though it's not good for us, is, has made me really, really furious. And it has been such a good thing for me to experience right now because it, t- it is exactly the, okay, so where are you going to put this into action in other things? Then where are you going to take that kind of line and draw it with other people, people that you're working with, people that you're doing pricing for, like all of those sorts of things. So it couldn't have yeah. come at a better time, really. <laughs> and, and also when you start complaining about products, it does make you kind of go, oh, I wonder if I need to <laughs> look at like, what what about mm. my own products? Like, do, yeah. is my house well and truly in order? So it's been just a good moment for for all of that. Something that comes up for me so much is when you said like, you know, I'm I'm so like disheartened about our willingness to like suck it up, even if it's not good for us. And I feel like that is like the absolute foundation of what you've been mm. doing your own work on too, yeah. is like, what am I willing to suck up even though it's not good for me? Like yeah. even like, you know, I'm willing to take calls at yeah. times that are terrible for me, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And I just think that that's so beautiful that this kind of like brought that inquiry because when you're so outraged on behalf of everyone else, you kind of get to bring that outrage for yourself yeah. a little bit when yeah. you almost weren't quite tapping into that before. Yeah, 100%. And you can really see it with other people, can't you? And really not, yes, not in your own not in It's your so own much life. easier. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. much easier. Yeah. You're like, come on, yeah. why are you not... Like this this client that mentioned to me that you she had such a reaction to your video, she really went into blame then too of all yeah. the reasons why it was her fault. And I was like, yeah. do you think it's Angie's fault? And she was like, oh my God, no, that's so <laughs> obvious. And I'm like, like same, yeah. same, right? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I think that that's really interesting. It's like, that's why I think you're resonating with everyone right now because mm. it feels so obvious when you mm. speak it out. Mm. And it's kind of giving everyone permission to be like, well, maybe it's kind of obvious for me too. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. I feel like Angie is just giving us a beautiful class here (laughs) in many ways. And I just want to name that and thank her for that. But one of the things she's talking about here that feels so, so relevant to say here is that what is really important here. And I think what Angie is trying to be such an advocate for here is not just her own situation, although obviously she is certainly self-advocating, which is great. Right. But it's that it's like a systemic thing, right? It's like a systemic injustice happening kind of within this space. And it's not just a one person, right? Like the the point isn't this one person. The point is what is happening systemically. And when we can look at things like that, it is so helpful because one, we see how we are part of the system as we all are, right? Like this isn't like a, we are not part of it. Like we're absolutely part of it. And then also, It helps us look to how to actually make corrections that are meaningful versus where it can go, which Angie has been, you know, so, so clear on not trying to go to is where it becomes like a a hate for one person or a, you know, it tearing apart one person. And that is not how we create change truly. And so I think that it is just so important to know that this conversation and what she's sharing with us about the systemic issue is really what I think we all need to take away from this and focus on is like, what changes can occur in our industry that helps this from a systemic perspective? Because again, we are all participants in the system. And so we all get to be creating change in that. And I think the sense that yeah, I keep feeling like I love coaching. Like I love this conversation. I know I know I'm gonna leave feeling better than than at the beginning of the session. And that always has felt like quite a clean exchange for me. It's like I know what one-to-one coaching is. And you know, if you resonate with a one-to-one coach, then it's usually great. And I've also been in some really great programs and really enjoyed them. So 
I kind of know what that looks like as well. What's really giving me pause as some of the some of the ways that people have transgressed their own boundaries in really trusting in something that doesn't, you know, isn't that where there is no, <laughs> there's nothing yes. tangible to trust in at such high ticket as well. And also really some of the massive names that people have been talking about have been people who probably don't have a quality of materials that even like the people investing have had and all of, so like, we're not just gaslighting ourselves, but there's a whole kind of also just feeling like I can't be better than that person. My work can't be better than that person because they're earning this much. And so even accepting the quality of what they're giving you because they're earning potential and yes. they're earning sort of outstrips yours. And so there's a lot, I just feel that there's so much to unpack about the level of trust that is, that exists in in the industry. I mean, it's kind of beautiful. And at the same time, it's it's really depressing. It's um, scary. I yeah. mean, I think we've used money as the ultimate barometer for trust. Mm. And I think that just yeah. has to shift and yeah. it's shifting. Like, I only trust someone if they've made X and we think that that officially yeah. makes them a good business yeah. person or yeah. an integrity. And I, I just think that that is such a faulty metric, but it's the only metric that's gotten used, right? Yeah. And so I think that that, is shifting and that tide is turning. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because I I feel like in this conversation and like just, you know, a, a couple of conversations we've had over the last couple of days, it feels to me like I, I watched one of your videos and you were like, Lacey, if you're watching this, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to do <laughs> too much. But I was actually quite, I think I sent you a couple of messages in this camp and when this all went down, I was actually quite like, oh shit, are you okay? Like this mm. is a lot. This is set off yeah. quite a firestorm and I was quite like, oh man, you must really be in it. And I'm sure there was an element of that, but gosh, even just in this conversation and seeing how you've handled this, like feels like you were made for this. It feels well, like this is the work you're made to do. And so I don't want you to take on more, yeah. but I also can really deeply see how much in five days you've made quite an impact and yeah. how it doesn't actually feel like it's taken much from you and tell me if I'm misreading that. But like, it's it's interesting where I feel like most people in this situation would be like, that was grueling. Mm. And it's so fascinating to watch how you have not received it in that way at all. No. And that's where I, I've been really trying to say, like, I don't, I don't need financial assistance. Like people have been trying yeah. to send me money yeah. and people have been like so <laughs> sweet, but like, like, what can I do? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I'm not feeling... Uh, courageous and I'm also not feeling yeah. worn out by it I'm feeling absolutely incensed in the same way that I do about homophobic bullying when I speak to a school yes. leader in the same way that I do about transphobia in the same way that I do about like that's that that's where it's hit that part of me which is really unfortunate yes. for Stacey Bain coaching because it's literally <laughs> it's it's just intersected with my with my work in a way that's like I literally have endless amounts of energy for this kind of shit so I have <laughs> like the well focus. is deep <laughs> it's really yeah. deep it's really deep yeah. because I just go oh here's some systemic injustice and it's being meted out in a way that's completely like and you know really exemplifies all the things about power structures that I'm constantly challenging in my work so let's go for it and and, and the thing is is that in these situations, I never feel, I don't really feel like it's personal. Now I feel like, I don't know, I probably won't, I might not get that money back. And that's not the issue. That's not the problem right now. The problem is this whole, when you double down on trying to silence me, I feel like, okay, then <laughs> we're going to have a it's conversation. On. Like, let's yeah. do this. And I'm not for the, I'm not afraid of those kinds of conversations. I'm like, I'm really, I do it every day. I'm really up for it. So it doesn't exhaust me at all. And it has made me wonder what, what the, ex like how the exhaustion is caused. And, you know, when people feel that they've really been through something, it, it makes me curious. I, I, I know that I'm used to speaking, for example, so I can, I can speak and, you know, I can wax on about anything because I do that in my work. So I don't necessarily find that very difficult. I also think that I'm not used to being in the in crowd. So it's not that I'm an, an outsider at all, but I don't I'm, I don't naturally fit in any of those cliques, partly again because of the identities that I hold. So I don't I don't fear 
I don't have any loss in terms of those people aren't going to like me or I don't even know yeah. who any of the people are. And I deliberately operate outside of most of those kinds of cliques. And that started when I became a, a school principal. As soon as you become a principal, no one wants to be your friend in terms of like the teachers mm. you're friends with. So you end yeah. up kind of just operating in different ways and you have a very different relationship with the sorts of people that you're around. So I have a natural distance between me and and people in those kinds of circles. And I think that there's, um, as I've been witnessing this unfold, I've been thinking how much peer pressure and kind of school playground politicking is really at play here. And that just, bluntly, it feels beneath me. So that doesn't impact upon me. And I really feel for people who I think, you know, in the self-development world, you're trying to find Often you're trying to find a place, you're trying to find a group, you're trying to find like connection. And I think it's so hard to tell yourself that you thought you'd found it and you haven't. I think that in itself is is really exhausting. Absolutely. On top of having sunk a ton of money into yeah. it, I think our brains just almost don't want to like admit to that or come around to that. It's like you mentioned when you first kind of realized everything that went down, like crying for days because yeah. it was like the the admission of that is so hard. But something I think you're so good at that I think you've navigated so, so incredibly well here and, you know, can continue to navigate. And I'm curious uh, <laughs> to hear your thoughts on moving forward with that. But you are so good at, at making it about the systemic thing. Like even, mm. even in this conversation, the conversations I've heard you have about this, like, it feels so not like it's about this one person mm. and Angie. It feels like mm. it is about like what this means for our industry, for the people in it, for these hundreds of people that have been harmed, you know, like, mm. and I think that that's what you do in your work, obviously, yeah. so well. So I feel like there is this way in which like, yeah, you're just so mirrored, like, or so, so well, like situated to kind of like yeah. have this conversation in a way that I think almost no one else could navigate in your situation, you know, and I think that that's. It's just like really cool and like a really big gift for you to see how that yeah. that serves you in all the ways, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's how it feels. It's a funny feeling because it's, um, when I did that live on Friday when I was at the airport, I was kind of a little bit chippy, but I, I wasn't furious. And I wasn't definitely, that's not me losing my temper or anything, but I was, I was a little bit peeved, I would say. Well, you would hit your, you'd hit your edge. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. This isn't happening. But, yes. but that's, that's about as... You know, because for me, that's that compromises my values. If I were to go, if I had to tip into publicly humiliating somebody, or trying to denigrate somebody, or trying to, or trying to make this about the the person, person it, it right. compromises me so badly that I just don't. Yes. I just don't. And my work is really about no blame, no shame, no guilt. About finding a better depth of humanity in other people in being able to sit with the racist and say, okay, but we're both human beings on the planet. Like, where can we go with this? Because I'm racialized in this way or that way. And to like have a conversation. So it goes against the grain to be any other way. And I do think that we're set up. And yeah, isn't this all interesting because it's all women. It's every, it's like it's all the comments are women. All the forums oh, are full yes. of women. The whole of that Reddit place, which isn't full of haters, I have to say, but I, I get the feeling. You never know because it's anonymous, but there's just so many women involved in this. And it feels like we're kind of tearing each other apart in this whole thing. And we're not, there needs to be another way somehow because <laughs> we're being set up here to, to yeah. do this. To and tear each other apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a big fat setup. It's just a, like a great sleight of hand. It just happens that some women in this industry are now making loads of money and just mirroring the patriarchy right back at us because it's the same structure. And then they're using the exact same tools that that patriarchy has used against many women in corporate settings, which is why they've left, which is why they want to become self-employed, which is why they invest in coach training. Oh. And on and on it goes. So it just feels like this is a big setup and we're playing right into it if we continue to have these kinds of spats where it ends up being about the personalities. It is absolutely the system. 
again, Angie is like giving us like, you know, a beautiful, a beautiful glass here. But I really particularly loved how she said like the big fat setup, right? The one of like women tearing each other apart. And also there really needing to be room for feedback and constructive criticism. And it feels so like we exist on these two polarities almost, right? Where it's either like a zero feedback culture or like a tear each other apart culture. And I think it's so important to to see the middle ground there, which is like being able to like have the hard conversations, have room for feedback, all of that, and doing it without these massive personal attacks and teardowns. And I just think that that's such a, an important conversation here. I, I also think it's a customer service conversation here, right? Like, what does it look like to be customer focused, to listen to your customer, right? Probably like a whole, a whole separate clip in. But I think the point is that polarity of either like tear each other apart or self blame, don't, no feedback culture, right? is really, really damaging to everyone involved. Because if I can't get feedback, if I don't have a feedback loop, I can't actually learn and improve. And if I can never give that as a customer, I'm completely out of my power, right? So I think it's just really, really interesting to notice that. And I, again, really appreciate the way Angie spoke to like the big fat setup and like how the patriarchy kind of plays into women tearing each other apart. And I think that there's just so many nuances to this and how this is playing out in our space. And I think the more we can keep learning about and, and naming that, the better. I feel, I, you know, do you know what? I, and this is going to sound really weird, but my heart breaks a little bit for, mm-hmm. for Stacey Bateman. I actually feel I like you poor thing, because I wouldn't want to be the other side of my kind of moral high ground either. I think there's a, like, I have a tendency to be quite kind of like, oh yeah, there she is kind of talking her thing. And I feel like that's quite a burden for people to have to bear when they hear themselves being talked about and yet not talked about disparagingly. I actually feel like that's worse. Oh, so much. Yeah. Because you you can't write it off in the same way. No. So, so yeah, anyway. (laughs) I think something you, you do so well is that you really hold compassion for both sides. And I think that's why you're so good at the work that you do, right? Is no blame, no shame, no guilt. And you hold that compassion, right? And I think that that's what you're continuing to do here, which is also why I think that you doing more of this or something with this makes a lot of sense because I've just... I've never seen someone have the level of like discussion that you're having that didn't Mm -hmm. end up in that pool, so to speak, right? I think it's quite unique to be able to hold this in the way you are and to be able to say like and and massive compassion for Stacey and what she's also Mm. processing in all of this too, because Mm. she in many ways is just a product of a much bigger systemic issue too. 100%. And everybody that props that up we're all part, it's, it's you know, it's We're just the other of side it. of, the, of yes. the same coin. Absolutely. And I think it's so, it's like initially at the weekend I was thinking, oh, because I, you know, I just signed up to this this ethical move pledge. I saw it on a um, graphic designer's website a few months ago and I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And then I read about it and I thought, oh yeah, okay. Because there is something that's quite nice about signing up to a pledge and this is a marketing pledge. So this is a kind of no mis-selling or you know having you sign up to basically put the people before the sale to have clarity about the pricing all of those kinds of things and for my work I'm working with institutions that really need to know that their money is in good hands and that I'm not just trying to kind of I don't know if anyone would ever think that but I'm not trying to scam them out of money to do DEI work yeah yeah so I'd looked into the ethical move and then I thought it's it's you know you're not paying for anything it's not another sales thing it's just something that you pledge to do and it struck me very hard at the weekend that it would be so much safer for the hundreds of people that are writing to me telling me that they've sunk like upwards of 25 grand on programs that haven't served them. That if there could be something that as coaches and as consultants, we we pledge to do that makes the, I was actually thinking about the central nervous system of the person buying. Because yes, <laughs> like when yes. you go to the site and you're like, oh, okay this person signed up to the pledge, then I might have recourse if something went wrong. And it might not be legal, it might not be legally binding, but there's something, it's like, 
you know, a way of grabbing hold of something. So, so that sort of kernel of an idea is started and there are other people doing similar things, but they're similar, but slightly different. I'm just kind of letting it, that idea settle, but I, I do agree with you. There are usually things that appear like a trail of breadcrumbs always does and they reveal themselves to me as like, oh, now you have to do this thing. <laughs> and so I'm not quite sure. The thing I find so interesting about what you're describing there is, well, twofold. One is like, I think what's so nice about it and that I think you're so well positioned to hold hold that conversation around is like, what would it mean to to make this kind of pledge? Like, I think that there are many people in our industry who want to do well and want to be in integrity and then so try to mirror industry leaders and then realize that that maybe wasn't an integrity. So I, I love this idea of there's maybe just guidelines mm. that someone could actually like, follow and feel safe yeah. within so not just as buyer but as seller yeah. like yeah oh I can rest easy because I have this like sort of blueprint where if I'm looking to a lot of industry leaders for that then maybe I'm like unknowingly kind of participating in a way that I do not feel aligned to or mean to and mm. then the second thing I like and I want to be really careful to say like I think women should get paid but I also really like that it's not a paid thing mm. it's not like this other thing where yeah. it's like now pay Angie to be in integrity because yeah. then that always <laughs> spirals yeah. in its own way, right? Yeah. yeah. I love this conversation that we're having kind of about the, the duality of like women definitely should get paid for our work and everything doesn't need to be that and how Angie's really striking that balance here where like, of course she has something like really beautiful that absolutely needs to be paid for to offer here and this other idea of the pledge is kind of so beautiful because it's not paid for because you know we're not paying someone to sort of like give us this like integrity stamp or ethical stamp or whatever but because actually we're just like pledging that on our own behalf without like an exchange or payment or any of these things kind of within it and I think that that can get really interesting in our industry too because sometimes it's like you know, the, the pushback against things that we feel are like unethical, then there's almost like a contrary solution that is, <laughs> that gets presented and it gets quite confusing, right? Where it's like now pay to be an ethical coach or something along those lines, right? And so I just really love kind of the, the middle ground she's finding here of like, yes, of course she has amazing work that can and deserves to be, you know, highly compensated. And like, there is a way to create the sovereignty she's talking about in something like a pledge. And so I just wanted to name that because I think that, you know, we, we so often almost like don't think about that or don't think that a coach would say like, yeah, do that thing that you're not going to get paid for. But sometimes there is a road and a reason behind that. And so I think it's just really clear and helpful to see that articulated here. I feel like there's there's some of this that, you know, I, I recorded a live today and I was talking about haters and I was talking about like the term haters because I, you know, doesn't really resonate with me. And I was talking about feedback and just saying, I have an approach to feedback in my work. I call it luminary listening. And I give people guidelines on how to listen to people so that you don't end up in these kinds of situations and how do we listen to people so that we actually deepen the exchange and also learn about ourselves, not just our businesses, but actually learn about ourselves. And so I just recorded a live on it and I was thinking there were so many natural, there were so many natural join-ups here for, for what I do, which is around how I think we can bring a different quality of leadership to most organizations through the lens of thinking about the people. That's essentially what DEI work is to me. <laughs> it's not rocket science. But there is also another thing that I don't need to make money out of, which is like, which is something else. And I think it's made me think a lot about the teach, you know, because when I talk, it's like people, I really recognize that people really want to hear more. They want to know what to do and they want to know. And they're like, they need something practical. And I think there are steps towards that. But one of the steps towards that is, can we just agree to like behave? Yes. <laughs> Before we do anything else, can we just agree yes, to behave? Yes, we, we need a baseline. <laughs> it, it's so funny. I, I feel so like just 
my heart is like, ah, because I feel like something I've been mentioning a lot lately and getting quite a bit of feedback on is I've been talking about how I really feel like there's like kind of like a reckoning in our industry. And I feel like we're moving back to more of like client centered coaching versus like, I can sell you anything kind of vibe. Every time I talk about that, I mean, obviously I'm explaining it in like short segments here and there, but people are like, what did like more about what that means? And I'm like, listen, I'm not necessarily the person to educate on like every ounce of what that means. I just, I really think this is where we're going. And I think that that is what you're saying here, Mm -hmm. which is like human centered, client centered. What does it look like to operate in that way? And I really do think most people have a craving to do that. And I don't think there are a lot of clear models that show us how to do that. And so I I really feel like there's a gap in the market for you there, if that's of interest too. And I, I also like how that gets to be so separate from the pledge. Like, right. Like you just pledging to be a good person. Like I'm not giving you a gold star. You're giving it to yourself (laughs) and you're owning that. And then separately, if you want to learn more about like being luminary and like what that looks like, there's a place for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think that, that the, you know, this sort of lack of structure that there is out there makes it feel kind of wild. I mean, that's what we like. We're all like, oh, it's ungoverned, it's unregulated. And, you know, I was saying to somebody the, the other day, I don't think that regulation makes it any necessarily any better. And like I've investigated ICF and all of those things. And I've I've done, you know, lots of different coach trainings and it doesn't make it any better just because of that, because it's still... I think it looks different. It, it doesn't different. necessarily look better. Yeah. 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 So... I feel for people because I'm like coming out of the world of education where everything is regulated and everyone has guidelines and everyone has a framework. So even the leaders I work with, it's like, okay, but we know that we have to do this, this and this, right? And they're kind of like, yes, Angie, we know we have to do that, that and that. And then I'm at the next level. This is almost like I am gobsmacked. You know, when I really look at this now and the situation I've been through, I'm looking at somebody who needed a different level of care in terms of her own mentorship somebody else to say to sound the the voice of not everything is about kind of covering your back like we have something personally to gain as human beings through the way that we lead in the world through the thing that we were put on the planet to do we will become better people through that work and not everything is about covering your ass some of it will come because you haven't and because you fucked it up and you will become such a good person out of that. Like you will learn something. So I'm kind of appalled at that level of, um, of poor mentorship that people have had, of poor leadership development that people have had and experience that leads us to these kinds of situations. It's really interesting. I, I'll just like out myself here a little <laughs> bit. I was so shocked by this. Mm. And I'm almost mad at myself for being so shocked, but I have found it truly shocking. Mm. And I think that that says a lot because I feel like I'm pretty ingrained in this industry. I feel yeah. like I pretty much have my pulse on things and I found this to be startling. And yeah. I think it's important to say that. Yeah. And I'm sure you found it quite startling when all of these people were reaching out to you. It's, it's, um, it should not be and it is. Yeah. And And I have bad news for you, (laughs) which is like, now I think you have to do something because nobody's going to listen to this episode and not be like, I want whatever Angie's talking about there because that feels quite fucking compelling. I'm really pleased that your coaching of me has gone from don't do do any more things (laughs) to... Not a thing. Well, here's why I like this to... to, Let's let this clear for one second. I see this very much as like the content you already have fits everything about this. Like I, yeah. I love that that conversation you had on colonization and, and what that looks like. And yeah. so anyway, I, I, I think like the reason this feels like it fits is because it's not another arm. It's not, yeah. well, maybe another arm, but it's not a new thing. It's like, oh, this just woke me up mm. to how much what I already have fits this. And I think that's the, that feels important, right? Yeah. And it, and it also answers this kind of, you know, when I started before, when I was in contact with you, when I was in contact with Sabrina, I was saying, but I want to offer something that's, you know, to other people, to business owners, to 
to corporate to you know to move my work into other realms and it's yeah. always interesting yeah. that sometimes people things just go oh here's the realm <laughs> this is where it is and I'm also a coach who no longer describes herself as a coach and yeah. you know have described been describing myself as a consultant and really moving away from from that description but you know feel like I've been in the coaching industry for a while as a recipient of coaching and as a coach and I, I see I see the absence of you know the kind of when I wrote the book on on school leadership, I wrote it because there were leaders who didn't feel like they had any ballast. It felt like they had lots of leadership training, but they didn't actually have any ballast. Somebody who's actually going to say, this is what I think a leader is. You can yeah, come yeah, with yeah. me on this journey of understanding and, and seeing whether you think that it, it chimes with you and you don't have to take my word for it either. There'll be other people, but this is, I can offer you this, this version. Yeah. And I'm really still, you know, the reason for the name of my company, even the book was called Lighting the Way. My company is called Being Luminary, have this vision of leaders. And this comes from Nancy Duarte. They patrol the border between now and next. And we can't, as coaches, not describe ourselves as leaders. We can't, as consultants, absolutely. not describe ourselves as leaders. We are. And if we're not patrolling that border with absolute integrity, then we're fucked, basically, because we're moving people towards a future that is just, that is like morally bankrupt, that's redundant. And so we have to have a really clear vision for where we're moving people towards and say, this is where I'm going and this is what I stand for and this is what it means to be working with me. And you can hold me to account to that standard because not everything is about just getting paid and running away with the cash. Jesus. <laughs> There's this leadership quote that I love, which is like about blowing a certain trumpet and how that's kind of like the essence of leadership is like blowing a certain trumpet. And I think that that's what you're talking about here because so much in our industry is like one thing gets said, another thing gets done. And there's not this like really certain trumpet or this really specific way or yeah. this really specific vision of like, what this means and how it is carried out in every situation, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's challenging, right? And I think that that is quite the contribution that mm. you could be making here. Yeah. And like, you can't ignore the breadcrumbs, you know? No, no, I can't. And I'm excited. I'm just trying to be measured. <laughs> measured. I like that word. Okay, so let's Let's land that maybe. Like, what does it look like for you to think about this while also knowing that you have like, 10 people that you just talked yeah. to. And, 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 and. <laughs> to me, it feels like, and you tell me if this feels true, but to me, it feels like step one is like, how does what I already have serve this as like the first inquiry? And maybe even just like getting some like pen to paper on that, because I think that the measured approach is not, how do I like make all of this new? I think it's very much like, where is the intersection here? And like, how can I maybe start with something like that? Does that feel true? It feels true and it feels done because I'd already started sketching. <laughs> Do you remember I said in our last session, I'd started sketching out the sort of bones of a yes. program and it's called The Luminaries and I've like been writing about it and I've been really, really, you know, I've got... How I've got wild <laughs> that that was done what, like one day before all this. <laughs> wild. It is 10 sessions. I've already got them in my head. Like some of it, I would I would say really, really, most of it is about what we've kind of been talking about, which is weird because it isn't, that isn't kind of how I, yeah, how I imagined that might fit. But I think there's stuff there. What I've tried to do there is just to think about where's the intersection between what I normally do and what some people ask yes. me to do. So yes. typically my coaches will say, I want that but I want a version of it for me as the leader of this organization. And I haven't had anything until now that kind of answers that question. And, you know, this conversation plus the, the things that have happened over the weekend is making me think that that would like to flesh out that idea could be, yeah, could be good. But, I, but it's called the luminaries regardless, because I'm calling something the luminaries. Love it. Yes. <laughs> and also makes sense. I mean, that just fits so perfectly. Like how could, how could it not be called that? Okay, so that feels like it has bones. Do you want to work on that a little bit more? Share that with me. Maybe we can talk about like, what does that look like in terms of like an actual offer kind of thing? Yeah, so two things I think I'm going to share and like maybe do some back and forth around in Basecamp would be that kind of like, yeah, what that would look like as an offer and how it could be structured. And then also this 
pledge thing, which I really feel like I would like to move on quite quick. Not, you know, not in a big rush, but just kind of, you know, there's momentum around it at the moment. And I think it would be really nice to to develop that. So I've been in touch with the Ethical Move people. I'm hoping to have a meet. They said they're happy to share their kind of like how they set it up and stuff. So yeah, be good to maybe do a bit of back and forth on that. Oh my gosh, so good. Okay. <laughs> yes, let, let me know about that piece in terms of like maybe in Basecamp just to like kind of like name the specifics of like when would we want to get this done by that kind yeah. of thing and we can sort of like project plan that out a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is this is very interesting and just like <laughs> worth following the breadcrumbs and also just again seeing you and here I know this is like both kind of what you're meant to do when you're on fire and I know it's also a lot to be in the fire sometimes. So here if there's anything I can support you in. Thank you, my dear. You're so welcome. Thank you All so right. much. I'll talk to you next <laughs> camp. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.